Expand is the gathering place for young adults. It's designed to equip, empower, and encourage through Christian Ministries Church. In this series, Mature Saints, we will be discussing topics that are relevant to the phase of life that young adults are facing. In this session, Associate Pastor Paul Kern will be sharing on the importance of handling finances wisely. Have you guys ever heard the saying, money can't buy happiness? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's true. It's true. Money cannot, it cannot buy happiness. But I will tell you this, the lack of it can sure make you miserable. It's true. So, you know, we all need money to live. Money is an important part of our lives. But because it is so involved in our everyday life, um, we're prone to get off track with it. We're prone to make mistakes with money. And as a matter of fact, Jesus talked about money more than about any other topic that he discussed. He talked a lot about money. So I just want to give you some practical things that I think will help you uh, navigate this season of your life as a young adult and as you're heading into the future as a young adult, uh, handling and dealing with money. One of the first concepts that I want to introduce to you is that you are a manager, not an owner. You're a manager, not an owner. What we have been given has been given to us by God, and God has given us the responsibility and the privilege of overseeing His resources. And it's very important as a believer that we understand we're really not an owner of anything in life. And, and this is just really not hard to see. You know, when y'all were born into the world, what were you born with? What did you bring with you? <laughs> just your birthday suit, right? That's it. And, and when you go out of the world, what are you taking with you? You're, that, nothing. You're not taking anything with you. No, you're even leaving your birthday suit here, right? So, you know, we're really an owner of nothing. We're a manager of everything. And that understanding changes everything when it comes to viewing money. And so that's an important concept. So let me just give you an example. If our lead pastor, Tim Brooks, came up to you, each one of you personally, and handed you an envelope with five crisp $100 bills in it, and he says, I am giving you this $500. I will be back in a month, and I want you to give me an account of what you have done with the $500. Now, one of the first things that you would say is, dang, I'm caught in a modern-day Jesus parable. Help me, Lord. What am I going to do, right? You know, because we all know the passage of the rich, you know, of the parable of the talents where we got, you know, one person was given five, one was given two, and one was given one. The one that was given one, you know, he, he didn't produce anything with it. He, now, he, notice, guys, he didn't go blow it on Starbucks, right? He didn't go blow it on Chick-fil-A. He didn't blow it on a video game. He didn't blow it on hanging out with his friends. He just didn't do anything with it. And so there's a real concept here that we have to recognize is that God wants us to be producers, not consumers. We've got to produce. So you've got to have that kind of mindset when it comes to handling money and spending money. So let me just give you a really good key. Are you ready? Every spending decision is a spiritual decision. That'll wreck you. <laughs> Every spending decision 
is a spiritual decision. So how you spend your money, every decision that you make when it comes to spending your money is a spiritual decision. Wow. I mean, that kind of changes things, doesn't it? When you start thinking about, you know, your entertainment and your frivolous spending and your fun money and how, what you buy and what bills you incur and things that you do in your life. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision. And I'll quantify that by saying that's why God requires us to tithe. See, that's one of the important parts of the tithe. It reminds us whose money it really is and who is the source of that money. Because it's easy for us guys to think that we're the source of our money. Well, I work for that money. I earned that money. Well, yes, you did. But God also provided you with the intelligence, the health, the giftings, the abilities to be able to make that money. Okay? So God was a person who was involved in the process of you earning that money even though that you worked for it. So the, the tithe keeps us in a place where we understand where the money comes from. And, it, it, you know, the scripture says where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So we want God to be our treasure. Well, one of the ways that God keeps us in check is he says, okay, I want you to tithe. I want you to give me 10% of your income. So that's going to lead us into talking about the tithe. So we understand we're, we're managers. We're not owners. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision. God is the one that provides income for us. So that leads us into giving and tithing. And, and guys, I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I got a hold of tithing at an early age. Now, I, I taught my boys when they were young. I mean, they started out very young, putting money in the basket at church, you know, when they got birthday money, when they got Christmas money, you know, when they earned money, I was working and teaching in the concept of putting God first and tithing. And, and you know, something that I think is very important for young adults to understand because, guys, there is a real temptation when you're a young adult and you're making money, there's a real temptation to rob God. And probably all of you have been there. You know, because you have limited resources and you have all of these things that, you, that are pulling at you to spend your money on. So it would be real easy for you to say, I just can't afford to tithe this week. But I just want to explain to you, you can't afford not to tithe. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important that you understand this concept about tithing. Now, one of the things that I have learned is this, it's way better to live blessed than it is to live rich. It's way better to live blessed than it is to live rich. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good, vine, good wine. Now, obviously, we don't get caught up on the analogy of barns and grain and wine because that's not anything that we're dealing with today. But 
obviously what we are seeing is God's going to prosper you and God can bless you if you will put him first in your life. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Stingy, greedy people don't have. People who give do have. The Bible says it's in giving that you shall, help me, receive. That's right. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessings of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So you can, you can have a great job where you're a CCO or a CEO or a COO or whatever, you know, Cheerio, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, and you're making a whole lot of money, but you got a lot of problems that come with that money. Worry, fear of loss, stress, greed, all of these things that, you know, money controls your life. God says that he will bless you and make a person rich, yet he will add no sorrow with it. Now, in Malachi chapter 3, and this is an issue that God had with, with Israel, his people. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, and I'm going to read this to you. It said, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough to uh, handle it or contain it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So we see that God was taking issue with his people because they were not giving God their first fruits. Okay? So the word tithe means what? Means what? Tenth. Right? Tithe means tenth. So can you tithe five percent? Can you tithe two percent? Eight percent? No, because tithe means tenth. So what God asks us for is a tenth. That's all. Now think about it this way. This is just a different way of looking at it. How many of y'all ever heard of Bill Gates? All y'all heard of Bill Gates? Most of y'all are using his operating system as you're taking notes. Um, Bill Gates, owner of Microsoft, let's just hypothetically say that Bill Gates came to you and he said, hey, I want to make you a deal. I want to give you my company, Microsoft, right? I want to give you my company and all I ask is that I retain 10% of my company. How many of y'all would go? That's an awful deal. I don't want that. You're keeping 10%? No, what would we do? Deal. deal. Yes, Let, let's shake hands on that. Let's sign the paperwork. I'm ready to go. That's a great deal. I'm going to give you 90% of what I have, and all I ask is that you give me 10%. See, guys, that's a great deal. So God is the owner of everything, 
He's making us a manager over what he has. And he says, you know what? I'm a generous master. I'm a generous owner. I'm actually going to give you 90% stake in what I own. All I ask is that you each, each time that you get increase into your life, you give me 10% of that. What a great deal. All of us in this room would take that deal. Nobody, no businessman or woman would ever turn down that deal because that's an incredible deal. You get 90 and we retain 10. In any partnership, guys, that's incredible. I mean, that's over the top incredible. So it's so important that we understand and we see this. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, God says, As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Now, I want you to notice some terminology here. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first of your harvest into God's house. So here is what makes up the tithe. The tithe is a tenth. The tithe comes first, and it's your best. Let's say that again. The tithe is a tenth. The tithe comes first, and it is your best. So you got to understand this concept. I don't pay my tithe like I pay my phone bill. Y'all hear me? I don't pay my tithe like I pay my phone bill. I don't pay my tithe like I pay an electric bill. The tithe is a tenth, and the tithe comes, help me, first. First. So the tithe comes right off the top. That's the first thing I do every single week is God comes first. Because here's the mistake that a lot of people make. They pay all their bills, and then they hope they have money left over so that they can give God some of it. But clearly the scripture says, once again, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. So I, I want to set you up for success, guys. For me, I never have an issue with tithing. I, each Sunday, I never struggle with tithing. You want to know why? Because it's always first. I don't wrestle with God in my mind about whether or not I'm going to be able to give God what God needs. Now understand, you know, we all prioritize our bills. And you're going to prioritize your bills. You know, we, we, we pay first what's most important to us. So, you know, if I'm picking between the electric company and the bug man, sorry bug man, the electric company's going to get my money first. Why? Because I don't want to sit around in the dark and be cold or be hot or not have the electricity that I need, right? So we all prioritize how we handle our finances, true? So you can't put God, who is supposed to be first in your life, the Lord and master of your life, you can't put God, who is supposed to be first, last. Tithe is first. Tithe is best. Tithe is tenth. So you have to understand that's the way it works, right? You, you have to understand God must come first. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about saving. Saving. Now, <laughs> I want to just share a little bit about my wife and I when we first got married. Because, guys, 
I made so much more money than my wife made. I mean, I, I did air conditioning and refrigeration. Um, you know, I worked for a good company. I made really good money every week. I made tons more than what my, my wife made because my wife didn't really make that much money to begin with. But here's the funny thing. Guess who had money in a savings account and guess who didn't? My wife had money in a savings account and I had no money. You want to know why? Because I wasn't a saver. I was a spender. Now, there's different personality types with us in this room. Some of you are savers. You save everything. You're frugal. You, you don't want to spend money. You would rather hold on to money. Others in this room, I mean, if you get a dollar, it's burning a hole in your pocket. You got to do something with it and spend it. And that's why you don't have any money ever. You're always in a position where you never have any money. You go out with your friends. I can't afford to buy anything. I can't buy my food. I can't. You don't ever have any money. Why? Because you spend it. So you have to shift the gear, guys, and you have to begin to discipline yourself to become a saver, not a spender. So I had all this money. I made great money. Now, my wife and I, we had fun. Man, I took her out to restaurants. I bought her diamond rings and jewelry. We did stuff together. I mean, I was a great boyfriend, and I was a great fiancé when it came to doing things for her and spending, but I never had any money, but I, I made way more than my wife. And so I had to learn how to save. So let me just give you a word of advice. Open a savings account ASAP. I mean, as soon as you possibly can, if you don't already have one, you need to open one. And as soon as you open it, every penny that you make, you always put something in your savings account. I got a lot of money in my savings account. A bunch. You want to know why? Because every single week I put money in my savings account. There's not a paycheck that I make ever that I don't put money in my storehouse. Your savings account is your storehouse, okay? So you've got to put things in your storehouse if you're going to have things there for you. You've got to build it, okay? Now, different times in life, you can put more or less. You know, I put quite a bit more money in my savings account. I, I try to put about 20% or more every week of my income in my savings account. You're not in a place that you can do that yet, okay? But you've got to start somewhere, right? So every week you want to put money in your savings account. I mean, it's, it's just, it's key guys, opening a savings account and putting money in it every week. Now, one of the things that I suggest that you do is you just do an automatic draft or what we call an automatic transfer each and you can do this with your tithe too okay that way you don't have to wrestle with it just every week and you know like at our church Christian Ministries we have ways that you can text give and we have automated giving so you can go into our easy tithe um, giving and you can set it up where each week it automates out of your account and it makes a deposit uh, into your uh, storehouse, and whether it be your savings account or whether it be giving here at our church. That way you're not, you don't wrestle with it. 
it's, it's already taken care of. It's a done deal. It comes right off the top. Once again, tithe is what? First, best, and a tenth. So I don't have to argue with God over that. I don't have to wrestle with that. I don't have to deal with that. Same with my savings. I don't wrestle with that. It's just an automatic thing that happens so it guarantees me that I have money. How many of y'all want to have money? Well, you're going to have to hold on to money if you're going to have money. Does that make sense? So your savings account, you don't mess with. You don't, you don't dip into your savings account. That's what it's called. It's for savings. It's for emergencies. An emergency isn't a meal at Chick-fil-A. An emergency isn't a new pair of shoes. An emergency isn't a new shirt. Emergency isn't vacation, right? An emergency is you have a blowout on your car. An emergency is you have to go to the doctor and you know you had a fairly big bill and so you've got to dip into that. that that's what an emergency is for but even then you know really you want to try to stay away from your savings account so that it can be your savings account. Alright another area I want to talk to you about is waste. Waste. And here's an area that I want to challenge you guys in. You'd be surprised how much money you waste each week. So I want to challenge you in this. For the next week, I want you to keep a ledger of all your wasteful spending. Like a trip to Sonic for a whatever. A run into town. A trip to Walmart. Just frivolous spending. Just waste. I want you to keep a record for a whole week of your waste spending and then I want you to add up how much money you actually wasted in a week's time. I think you'd be surprised at how much. Then see, you can go, okay, I wasted $20 this week. I wasted $15 this week. I wasted $25 this week. Guys, that's $15, $20, $25 that you could have put into a what? Savings account. To build, to build, to work toward your future. Look at, at your unnecessary waste. Here's the thing that I want you to see. You've got to get a vision for three to five years from now. Where do you want to be financially? The Bible says people cast off restraint because they lack vision. Or without vision, people perish, okay? If you don't have a vision for your money and where you want to be in the next three to five years, what you will do is you'll just have frivolous spending and waste because you don't have a vision of where you want to go. How much money do you want to have in a savings account three years from today? If you don't have an answer for that question, then you won't have that money in that savings. Does that make sense? How much money in three years from now, in two years from now, how much money would you like to have in a savings account for yourself that you've built up? All right, set that vision in your goal for yourself. Now watch this. That vision becomes a compass for your decisions. Oh yeah, let's go out to the movies and let's go get some popcorn. Let's go to Starbucks. Let's go eat here. Let's go do that. Yeah, let's go vacate. Oh, okay, wait a minute. That, that doesn't take me toward my vision. 
See, your vision is your compass. No, yeah, I would like to go to y'all, but, you know, I've got a vision for where I'm going. See, guys, if you don't have a vision, you just feel sorry for yourself. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I go. I don't want to miss out. I want to be a part. You'll start having a pity party and feeling sorry for yourself. But if you have a vision, man, I got a vision. I'm building something. <laughs> I'm going somewhere, man. God, I'm investing. I'm, I'm, I'm investing into my future and where I'm going. Do y'all see that? So it's so important that we understand savings and waste and having a vision. Another area I want to talk to you about is generosity. Generosity. It is so important that you are not a greedy person. Greedy people are unhappy people. Greedy people are people who worry all the time about their money. If you worry about your money a lot, most likely you're probably a greedy person. People who give, guys, are blessed. People who give are blessed. And I, I want to talk about the, the importance of generosity. God wants you to be a generous person. God wants you to give of your time, of your talents, of your abilities, of your money. God, it, God clearly says it's better that you give than you receive. So giving is a very important aspect of a believer's life. But I want to talk about not giving out of compulsion, okay? Not giving out of compulsion. And I also want to talk about giving the right amount in the, in the appropriate season of life. All right, so how many of you have ever had a missionary come through your church? They got up and they talked about, you know, what they're doing and they're feeding homeless people and they're caring for people. And then at the end, there was an opportunity to give and you just wanted to give it all. Have, how many of y'all have been there? Man, I've been there. You know, I just want to give all the money that I have. But clearly, I can't give all the money that I have. That would be foolish. That's not what God has called me to do. That's why the Bible says, don't give out of compulsion or give out of emotion. Okay? So, you have a friend or you have a family or you have somebody that you know and, and you have a thought. You know, I would really like to give them some money. I would really like to do something for them. How many of y'all have ever had that happen to you? Maybe even an intern or somebody that you're going to school with or a college friend or something like that. So, you know, I, I want to give, I want to help. So let me just give you some advice. Don't act on that first impulse. Because yeah. one of the things that I've learned is, is <clears throat> leaders don't live by impulse or live by reacting to circumstances they live by hearing from God and acting on what God tells them to do. So when I, my first impulse to help somebody or my first impulse to give, I don't give. You don't want to know what I do? I pray over it. I pray over it. And I pray over it for several days. Because if God has called me to bless somebody financially, today, God will have called me to bless them next week. But if God calls me to bless someone today, and then three or four days later it's left me, guess what that was? Emotion, impulse, just I, I got caught up in the moment. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many of y'all have been there? I mean, you know, I really want to bless them. And then, and then tomorrow you're like, yeah, I don't really feel called to do that now. 
So that's impulse. So you have to test the spirits. You have to pray over things, and you have to make sure that you're not giving out of emotion, out of emotion or out of compulsion or because you feel sorry for somebody or because somebody has a need. Guys, Jesus never gave out of need. Jesus, he did what he saw the Father doing. If Jesus gave out of need, guys, every town that Jesus went into, he would have healed every single person and met every single need. And Jesus, he didn't do that. He went through towns and there were people still in that town when he left that were sick. He went through that town and there were people still in that town that were poor when he left. You know, Jesus did what God told him to do. And we have to do what God tells us to do. God's not called you to give to everybody, but God has called you to give to somebody's. Does that make sense? Now, the next area that I want to talk to you about, about being generous, and we are called to be generous for sure, but I, but I want to encourage you to make sure that you give the appropriate amount in the appropriate season. I was talking to a young adult the other day, and they were wanting to give away their car to someone. Okay, so I asked them, I said, okay, do you have the money in your savings account to pay for another car? No, they did not. I said, so how are you going to replace your car? Because obviously you have to have a car. So if you're going to give your car away, how are you going to replace it? Well, I was going to go and buy a car on payments. And, and my immediate answer was no. That's, that's not the season. This is not appropriate time for you to do that. Now, I've given away some cars, three or four, since I've been walking with the Lord. But guys, the, when I gave away the car, I already had the money to get another car. I didn't put myself in debt to a car company because buying a car on credit is probably one of the worst things that you can do, especially buying a new car because they just, you know, they devalue so quickly. So does that make sense? So you've got to use wisdom and common sense when you're doing that, okay? So, you know, at the season of life that you're in right now as a young adult, it's probably not the time for you to bless somebody with a house. Yeah. Would you agree? Now, wouldn't it be great one day, and wouldn't that be a great prayer for you to pray, that God, one day, I want to be such a wise steward with my money, and I want to honor you, and you bless me so much that I am able to bless someone with a house. Do y'all know I began praying that prayer about 10 years ago? And I actually gave somebody a house. I bought a house for somebody and gave it to them. Now, when I was where you're at, had you told me that, I would have thought, right, that'll never happen. But it will happen if you're wise. It will happen if you honor God with your wealth. It will happen if you do the right things, if you get a vision for where you're going. Does that make sense? So you got to give the right thing in the appropriate season, okay? So let's say that you're in college and you kind of are on an allowance and you get a certain amount of money that your parents bless you with each week or each month, and all of a sudden you get an idea, you know, God, I feel like God's telling me to give all that money away to somebody. Well, I would have to really pray over that for several days before I made that decision to make sure it was God. Now, I'm not saying God won't call you to do that, and I've seen people do it, and I've seen God double their money and bless them and do things. 
But you have to make sure that that is God calling you to do that and not impulse calling you to do that because that's what you have to live on for the week or for the month, right? So you've got to be wise in your giving. You can't look at people that are 10 and 20 years down the road from you and, and be envious or sad or discouraged because you're not living on their level, okay? You can't look at me and my wife and go, well, I'll never get there. Well, you will get there, but you're not there yet. You know, that took my wife and I a long time, a lot of work, a lot of saving, a lot of investing to get to where we are. But we had a vision, and we worked ourselves in that direction. Does that make sense? And along the way, we give, and we sow seed into other people's lives. Now, how many of y'all have ever said, I want to bless somebody, but you didn't have the money to bless them? Boy, pretty much all of us, right? So do you want to know one of the things that I did? And you can do it in an envelope. I actually opened up an account at my bank, and I call it Seed. Because I got myself in a situation many years ago where I, I would want to help people and I had no money to help them. And I thought to myself, well, the reason I don't have money to help them is because I'm not putting money back each week to help them. So every week out of my paycheck, guys, I put money back in a seed account. And so when God tells me, hey, I want you to bless this couple by buying them a new set of tires for their car. Hey, I want you to bless this couple by, by paying their mortgage this month. Hey, I want you to bless this couple by helping giving them money so that they can have a vacation this summer. I can do that. You want to know why? Because every single week, I'm putting money back, right, so that I can do that. So it's just understanding being wise. Now, once again, guys, you may not be in the season to be able to do that yet, but you understand the concept of what I'm trying to get you to see. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, another area that I want to talk to you about, and I think this is so important for young adults to get because I think it's real easy to fall into this trap. Your value is not determined by your material wealth. I'm going to say that again. Your value is not determined by material wealth. The car you drive or don't drive, the clothes you wear, the house you live in, the things that you have, they don't determine your value as a person. You can't look, once again, at other people and they're 10 or 20 years down the road from you and then you feel bad about yourself because you're not driving what they're driving or you don't have what they have or you're not in a position that they're in. Everybody's in a different place. You know, you, some of your friends will come from a background with a family who has money. They're blessed financially, okay? And so they have nicer things than what you have. But that doesn't mean they're more valuable than you or they're better than you or God loves them more than you. doesn't have anything to do with that. It just has to do with the fact that they're in a different position than what you're in. And you have to learn to be content, not satisfied, but content with where you are. I'm not ever going to be satisfied with where I'm at because that, that, that dissatisfaction keeps me moving forward and progressing, right? And wanting more and doing better. But i got to learn to be content with where I am and with what God has blessed me with. 
So don't ever let the car that you drive or the clothes that you have hanging in your closet or the amount of money that you have be a reflection of your own personal value as an individual. That has nothing to do with your value as an individual. It has absolutely nothing to do with that at all. Um, I'll, I, as I close, I, I want to talk to you about getting a vision and being determined with your finances. Getting a vision and being determined that you're going to have some things in life that you're going to be a blessing in life to other people. So remind yourself before every purchase that you make of your vision. Every purchase, guys, every single thing that you think about buying, ask yourself, does this line up with my vision? Do I even have a vision? And if you don't have a vision, this will be a great time for you to get a vision. I want to have this much money in my savings. I want to be this kind of person. I want to be able to bless people. I'm going to be a faithful, committed tither. I'm not going to rob God. I'm, I got a vision for my life and a vision for where I want to go. So when you get ready to make a purchase, ask yourself this question. Will this purchase take me closer to my vision or further away from my vision? I'm going to say it again. Will this purchase take me closer to my vision or further away from my vision. Maybe your vision is to save up money to get a car. Well, guys, if you're going to the movie every weekend and going to Starbucks three times a week, guess what? It's going to be really hard for you to fulfill the vision of, of affording a vehicle because you're spending your money on things that don't line up with your vision. Does that make sense? So you got to get a vision for where you're wanting to go. Like if you're wanting to go on a missions trip, you got to get a vision for the missions trip. No, I'm not going to be going out this weekend with my friends and going to eat at Slim Chickens and going out to the movie because I'm saving right now. I don't feel sorry for myself. I don't say, oh, I can't afford to go. I can't afford to go. I just choose not to because I have a greater yes in my life that I'm working toward, and that is the vision that I'm moving toward. I've told my children in the past, you know, uh, guys, just letting you know, you know, we're not going to take this kind of vacation this year. It's not that we can't afford it, but, but mom and dad have a vision for other things. And this is our vision, and this is what we're working toward. So we're going to give to this instead of do this. Does that make sense? I don't ever tell my kids I can't afford to go on vacation, because I can. Yeah. You want to know why I can, guys? Y'all want to know why I can afford to go on vacation? Do you want to know why every Christmas I have money to buy presents for my family? I never get to vacation, and I never get to Christmas and go, oh my gosh, it's Christmas. Oh my gosh, I forgot, it's summertime, we've got a vacation coming around. I already know that, Chris, how many of y'all know Christmas is just a few months away, right? How many of y'all know that if you're going to go on vacation, it's just a few months away? How many of y'all, it takes money to do both of those things? So guess what I do? Every single week, out of my paycheck, I'm putting money in an account toward vacation and Christmas. Christmas never comes up on me, and I fall under pressure, and then I go, and I do something foolish like this. I go put a whole bunch of money on a credit card with 24% interest rate that I'm paying off every month for Christmas. I never do that. I got money when Christmas comes around, 
because I've been putting money back each week. See, once again, what are we talking about? Having a vision for where you want to go so that when that time comes, you are there. Your vision is your compass. I'm going to say that again. Your vision is your compass. Now, I want to close with just giving you just a couple of little, little bitty things that, that I want to remind you of. Automate your savings deposit every week. Automate your giving every week. It's easy to do that in our day and time. So just don't make that an option for you. Just automate it. It works great. Another thing I want to warn you in, don't try to keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians. Don't be that person. Don't be the person that's always, you know, trying to keep up with the latest fads, the latest makeup, the latest hairstyles, the latest shoes, the latest clothes, the latest outfit, the latest tats, the latest whatever, guys, because all of that costs money. You want to be a person that's led by the Spirit, not led by culture. You want to be a person that's led by the anointing and the power of God and wisdom, not by compulsion and what's going on in culture. Now, one of the things that you want to do is build credit. As a young adult, you want to build credit. So what I encourage you to do, one of the things that your parents can do for you if you're wise and disciplined is your parents can put you on their credit card. They can add you to their credit card and you can make purchases under, you'll actually get a credit card sent to you, but you're an authorized user on your parents' account. And so you can make small purchases each week on that credit card and that will begin to apply toward building your credit. Okay, because when you are put as an authorized user, they're going to have your name, they're going to have your birth date, and they're going to have your social security. And so you're going to begin to build your credit score. Another thing that you can do is you can apply for a student credit card. Okay, a student credit card lots of times will require a parent to co-sign for you. Now, if you have no self-control, don't get a credit card because you will wreck your life. A credit card you pay off each month. You never run a debit on a credit card, okay? Every month, it's paid off. I have two credit cards. Do y'all want to know how much I owe on my credit cards? Nothing. Nothing. Well, actually, I think I've got $9.95 on my credit card right now, but it's not the end of the month, and the bill's not due. So I never run a balance on my credit card each month. But getting a credit card... A student credit card, you can have your parents co-sign, and that helps build your credit, and you want to build your credit. Um, avoid multi-level marketing schemes. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 11 through 13, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. So don't let people talk you into getting into multi-level marketing, get-rich-quick schemes, okay? One of the reasons that it's not good to do that is because it, it uses friendships. You use your friends to help make you money, and you don't want to ever use friends to make money. You want to bless your friends, not use your friends. Does that make sense? So, you know, I, I'm just trying to give you some things here that I think are going to be beneficial to you. This is the last one that I want to share with you and then I'm going to end. By the time you are 30 years old, 
you want to be saving 10% of your income. Put that down. By the time you are 30, you want to be saving 10% of your income. By the time you are 40, you want to be saving 20% of your income. 30, 10%, 40, 20%. These are good goals for you to set for yourself. But each week you're putting money back. Every time you do a job for somebody, you're putting money back. Every time you do a side job, if you're a server, your tip money, you're taking 10% of your tips and you're putting in a savings account every week. This summer, as you get out of college and you work jobs, full-time jobs, 10% is going in your savings account. Now, the other 10% goes to God, and that comes first, right? Tithe is never an issue. It's never a struggle. It's never a battle because that always comes first. That's not even consideration in my mind. That's not my money. That's God's money. So I don't, I don't argue with God over that. That's his. And then, and then you can go above and beyond. If you get you an envelope, guys, and write seed on it, put five bucks in it every week. You'll be amazed how fast that builds up. You, you're sacrificing one coffee, one cup of coffee a week and putting it in an envelope. Well, in, at the end of a year, you'll have a lot of money in that envelope, that seed envelope. You can bless somebody. Or you can help somebody go on a missions trip. Or you can help some, put some tires on somebody's car or whatever. You know, there's something that you can do to bless other people. So we're just talking about being wise. We're talking about understanding money. God wants us to have it. God wants us to be blessed by it. God wants us to be a blessing. So hopefully the things that I shared with you, did y'all get something out of this? Good. Hopefully the things that I share with you will be things that you can take and you can use and be a blessing for you. Amen? Thank you for joining us for Expand, a podcast designed for young adults. Expand meets twice a month on Thursday nights at the CMC campus from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. For more information, you can find us on Facebook at Expand Your Influence.